and welcome to Are You Up Babs? I'm so glad that you've joined me this morning. You know, as a woman, what do you think of yourself? I once heard someone say that South African women have very little confidence in themselves as compared to American women who are extremely confident. Can you imagine that we would have as South African women little confidence in who we are? And the question is, why is that? And I actually think it's a worldwide thing. You know, if you look at what media throws at us, we tend to compare ourselves. And so we compare ourselves and then feel a lack. We feel less than. And it's important for us to know who our image is in. And if we look at the opening pages, literally the opening pages of the Bible in the book of Genesis, chapter 1, verse 1, God immediately tells us, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So the Bible tells us right from the start about the beginning, our beginning. And um, sometimes we like to ask, but when was God's beginning? And the thing is, we've actually got to acknowledge we don't know what we don't know. And to try and answer that which we don't know is actually foolish. And the Bible warns us about being foolish. And then we are introduced to the Trinity. So right in the beginning pages, as we're moving towards a place where God's going to tell us exactly who we are, he starts by telling us our beginning. We're then introduced to God who created the heavens and the earth, God our Father. We're introduced then to the Holy Spirit who is hovering over this formless space and he's waiting for the word of God, for God to say, let there be so that he can go into action and create. And so we're introduced to the Trinity. Now, maybe you're going, I didn't see Jesus. I saw God the Father. I saw the Holy Spirit. But where is Jesus? Well, John chapter one, verse one tells us in the beginning, the word already existed. The word was with God and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. And so Jesus is introduced right from the beginning. The Trinity let us make men in our image. So we are introduced instantly to our home that God would create. And we're introduced to the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And what we need to understand is this is a foundational truth. If we don't believe this foundational truth, all of it, that God in the beginning created us, it was our beginning, that he created this earth, our very image right from the beginning is attacked. If you don't believe that there's a God who made you perfectly, then you may believe the lies that you are a mess, that you are not adequate enough, that your life is a mess. If you don't believe that God adopted you into his very own family, that before the foundations of the earth, he knew you, then you will behave as an orphan. A child that knows his dad walks in the inheritance of his dad. But a child who walks as an orphan walks in alienation. He is lost, believing that he is all on his own, believing that he does not belong. Then we introduce to God creating the earth. He creates the land. He creates the trees. He creates everything and everything has seed to reproduce. And so we're introduced to this home that God lovingly creates for us and everything produces 
and multiplies. Now, it's very, very important that we actually understand that because if we don't understand that, we will believe the lie that there is not enough of, there is lack, there is a shortage of. We will believe the lie that the earth is going to turn on us. It is made for us. The earth is not going to turn on us. However, we have to sustain it and multiply its goodness and its abundance. The Bible tells us that the stars to this day, and we see it, continue to multiply and reproduce multitudes of millions. Again, this is a foundational truth. If we don't believe this foundational truth, it is our very image that is being attacked. Then you'll believe you're an orphan. You will believe in the lie of not enough. You will believe in lack. You will believe that things are running out. You will believe in the lie that there are too many on the earth and not every one is important. You believe in the lie that not every one is meant and that not every one is special. And you see, the moment you begin to entertain that lie, abortion becomes a compromise that you would believe in because they are not necessary. They were not meant. They are not special because of some reason, some excuse. We would also then believe in euthanasia because not everyone is needed. Not everyone is necessary. We then begin to make excuses as to why it's okay for that person to no longer live, for the breath of life inside of them to be gone. Genesis 1.26, the Bible says, Then God said, Let us make human beings in our image to be like us. And then it goes on to say they will reign over the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, all the livestock, all the animals that scurry along the earth, large and small. Now God reaffirms this foundational truth so we can understand that we are image bearers. He says, let us make man in our image. And then it's to rule and to reign over the animals of the earth, to take control. So yeah, we again see God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, three parts. And God has said he's made us in his image. Therefore, that means we too have three parts to us. The first is our soul, which is our mind, our will, and our emotions. Basically, the phrase, I think, I feel, and I want come out of our soul. Everything that we think we feel and we want is based on our image. It's based on our belief system. It's based on what has happened to us in life, the effects of life on us. And then we think, we feel, or we want based on our experiences, our past experiences, which have not always been good past experiences. Now, our very image, our very core is based on our past, actually. Do you know that you cannot satisfy your soul without God? There is a God-shaped hole inside of every single one of us that can only be filled by God himself. We cannot fill it with relationships or love. We cannot fill it with money or with a position in a job. We can only fill it with God himself. The second part of our three in one is our flesh. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 22 says, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, 
the way you used to live, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and your attitude. So we have to be renewed, the old man gone and the new man that has come when we've accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. And then if you continue reading that passage, verse 25 says, stop telling lies. Let's just stop there for a moment. Stop telling lies. Wow. You know, in society today, regardless of the age of a person, regardless of whether they are male or female, regardless of what color skin a person has, have you noticed how easy and acceptable it is for us to lie? We are quite prepared to tell someone that we will be somewhere when we are not planning to be there. How many times has someone told you they'll meet you and then their phone goes off? That is telling a lie. But we have in society found that it's become a normal thing for people to say they're coming and they're not. I remember once my daughter meeting someone for coffee. She'd met a young lady and she'd asked her if she'd like to have coffee with her and the lady said she would and my daughter sat at the restaurant for over an hour. I think it was for an hour and a half and kept messaging to say, are you coming? Are you able to come? And the lady kept messaging her to tell her she's around the corner. And an hour and a half later, she was still around the corner. She was never ever planning to come. Now, isn't that crazy that we cannot just say, I'm not able to make it, I'm so sorry, but we think it is normal to tell lies. And I think the problem is that most people don't even consider that a lie. But when you are saying something you are not planning to do, when you give a commitment and you're never planning to meet it, you are lying. Verse 26 says, and don't sin by letting anger control you. Think of how angry we get. In South Africa specifically, there can be road rage. You see it on the road, people get really, really angry. The Bible says, don't let sin control you by being angry. It also says in verse 29, if you are a thief, stop stealing, quit stealing. We live in a nation where if you leave 20 rand on a counter, Wow, that 20 rand will disappear so quickly. In fact, you don't need to leave it on the counter. You can just leave it in your bag and it will disappear really quickly. People steal. People steal each other's phones. They steal people's lunches. I once went to the police station and I giggled in my head because I was in a police station and their fridge had a big chain and lock around it. Now, a police station should be a pretty safe place, wouldn't you say? And yet they were obviously experiencing theft because they had a big chain and a big lock wrapped around their fridge. So not just anyone could go in there. Verse 29 says, don't use foul or abusive language where you are swearing, where you are using bad language. And then the last one is verse 30 says, don't bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. And so as Ephesians is saying is throw off that sinful nature and allow the flesh to become the new man that Jesus died to give us. These are all acts of the sinful nature that I mentioned. And then the third part of our three in one is our spirit. And you know, the moment we receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we receive this breath of life as the Holy Spirit comes to live on the inside of us. And now 
we have this struggle between the flesh and the spirit. The flesh wants to live that former way of life, but the spirit wants us to live according to the word of God. And so there's this struggle that begins. There's this wrestling that, that begins between the flesh and the spirit. And of course, our aim is to strengthen the spirit man and not the flesh man. And it's to change the old habits. And how we do that is by allowing the fruit of the spirit to change us. And I love in Galatians 5.22, it tells us the fruit of the Spirit, that the Holy Spirit produces love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And then it says this, there is no law against these things. Now, what does that mean? The law stops us from hurting people. So you may be angry and murder someone. The law stops us from hurting people. But when you operate in the fruit of the Spirit, you will never hurt someone. So when you're operating in the fruit of the Spirit, there is no law against such. It's so beautiful. And we need to understand that the fact that we are in the image of God and three in one like Him is a foundational truth. And if we do not understand and believe this foundational truth, our image is under attack. We will say things like, we came from animals. We will believe in the law of evolution. We will believe in survival instincts. Our image is made in the image of God. We're not survivors. We are rulers. The Bible tells us that God created us to reign and to rule. So we are just like him, image bearers, made in his image. And then God says, let us make human beings. Human beings. I love that. God makes human beings. The human race is born. One race. One human race is born. All for him. It's a foundational truth. And we need to understand if we don't believe this foundational truth, our very image comes under attack. We will attack people who don't look like us. We will attack people who are not like-minded. We will get caught up in racial hatred, in gender hatred. We will choose only to love those who look like us, who sound like us, who have the same cultural beliefs. We will be deceived to believe that others are not good enough, which means that somewhere along the line, we'll actually believe we too are not good enough. The deception or lie will make us behave like orphans. The lie then is that we will treat other people like orphans. How do you know if you look down on people? I'll tell you. If you cannot, when you're talking to someone, look them in the eye, you look down on that person. That's how you know. I remember a pastor once sharing her testimony. She said she was going to her car and there was a beggar, a woman beggar standing outside asking for money. She felt convicted by the Holy Spirit to give this woman money. And so she dug in her bag to give this woman money. She was going to give the woman money when the Holy Spirit immediately arrested her and said to her, look the woman in her eye. You see, there is something about acknowledging another human being. There is something about looking a person in their eye. Actually, as children in many cultures, you're taught to look an adult in the eye when they are speaking to you. You are teaching them respect. Now, when you no longer respect someone, you refuse to look them in the eye. Imagine if you added a smile to acknowledging someone. 
I've heard of great Hollywood stars who've gone to restaurants and refused to speak to the waiter or waitress. They speak through the person they're with to the waiter or waitress. They tell their friend what they want because they feel they are too important to engage with this person. How revolting we may say, but what about our government departments? What about our police stations? What about our clinics and our hospitals? What about our waiters and waitresses? What about the cashier at the pick and pay or whatever grocery store you go to? I recently went to a glass place to replace a frame where the glass had broken. I walked in and I knew who the owner was and the person called out to her, she was washing her hands and someone called out to her that there was a customer. She turned and looked at me, she looked unimpressed and she continued to wash her hands as she spoke in another language. She sounded unimpressed. That's what I assume because I don't actually understand what she was saying. So you see, we can also make assumptions. She may have been saying, I feel sick, I'm having a horrible day and I think she's complaining about me. So you see, we also need to be careful what we make assumptions about. But she took her time. She then disappeared into another room for a while. So I immediately began to look around at the work that they were doing. And I was very impressed with what I saw. I turned around, she came to help me eventually and I told her what I needed done and I had seen a glass dresser with the most beautiful crystal handles that she must have done. So I asked her, did you make this? Did you do the glass, the mirror for this? And she said yes, she still was unimpressed. And I said to her, it's absolutely beautiful. Your work is absolutely beautiful she immediately changed. The question is, what if she hadn't changed? I'd lost nothing. Maybe she was going through a divorce. Maybe she'd lost a child. Maybe her business was bad. We don't know what's going on in other people's worlds. And we can't minister Jesus to a lost, broken world if we react to their stuff. We are the healing balm. This is a foundational truth. If we don't believe this foundational truth, it is our very image that's been attacked. We will behave like everyone else. We will behave depending on what type of a day we're having. We will behave depending on how we feel. Our peace will always be fleeting. Our joy will be non-existent. It's not supposed to be like that. So what if it's about my color? I'm an image bearer. I'm made in the image of Christ, therefore, I can love her. We don't love people for what they can do for us. We don't love people just because they love us. We love people, all people. We are part of the human race, made in the image of God. Whether they know it or not, our purpose is to get them to God. You cannot get someone to God that you do not love. And this is a foundational truth. If you don't believe this foundational truth, it is your very image that is being attacked, not theirs. However, it's quite possible that you will never get them to understand their image in Christ because of the way you behave. And so the responsibility on us to be image bearers is really very great. The Bible opens up its pages 
telling us who we are, made in the image of Christ, and telling us whose we are, that the God of this universe is our Father. He created us lovingly in His image. And we need to share that message with a broken and a hurting world. And so I want to encourage you today to forgive those who've hurt you. You're not saying what they did was okay. You are walking in understanding that you are an image bearer. And if the one that created us could forgive us of our sin, we are quite able to forgive those who have hurt us. Why? because we are image bearers. And so I want to encourage you today to let go of things that you've been carrying that have stopped you or blocked your image to be the same as Christ. You are an image bearer. There is nothing you've done that will stop you actually from being an image bearer, except your thinking and the way you walk can move you away. And that's why it's important we understand who we are so that we can walk in confidence in who we are because God has made us in his image and we are beautiful in his image. And so I want to encourage you as I close in prayer today to know that you are beautiful. Father, I thank you that you created us in your image. Father, you have forgiven us of all our sin. You've made a way for us so that we can walk confidently in who we are. Help us to love others. Help us to forgive others. Help us to understand who we are in you so that all our prejudices, all our opinions, all our excuses as to why we can't love other people will fall away. And we will love everyone, Father God, all those that you have made. If the word says, for God so loved the world that he sent his only son, Father, help us to understand there is no person on this earth that we cannot love. Help us, Father God, to be image bearers on this earth. We pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. May God bless you. May you have a wonderful day based on the fruit of the Spirit in your life and not on any fleeting flesh moments. God bless you.
some speakers and some subs. If you down and ask what's up, you know we can't get enough. What we have, it can't be bought. What we do, it can't be taught. Put in our blood from up above. Yeah, we live for the drop.